Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Crushcast. Today, we've got Jerry Courageous. Now, that name sounds familiar. That's because he is literally everywhere. My gosh, Jerry. Every time I look, you are in a different city or at a different event. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be with you. I love what I do. Um, you know, they say if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I feel like it's really true for me. Let's go back to when you came in. I know a fascinating scenario because you said yes and joined us during the COVID era. Didn't meet anybody. I'd love to get a feel for how you ended up making that decision. What was it? Yeah, you know, so uh, I've had the you know pleasure of, of working at a few different organizations. Um, being back in Charlotte, I was in a role. I really enjoyed it, but the chance to come be a part of the uh, amazing history here at Equitable, but be part of what, you know, really, as we talk about just celebrating five years as a standalone public company, that was too much to pass up. And boy, it's been more than I could have even expected. And how long has it been now, Jerry? Going on three years. So two oh. and a half years. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I started in October of 2020. So it'll be three okay. years when we blink. So as you do a look back, what types of observations do you have? What has it been like for you? Well, you know, one of the things that as I was coming over and contemplating uh, this opportunity, I remember talking to Gina Tyler, who's my manager yep. now, and Jeff Hurd and, you know, others, and they talked a lot about culture. And honestly, Jim, I'd always worked in organizations where culture just seemed to, it was there and there wasn't a lot of, um, uh, you know, I, it just, it was, they were great cultures. And then I had one opportunity that the culture wasn't great. And I think you, uh, honestly, in my personal opinion, I feel like you really start to understand culture if you find yourself in a situation where it's not great. So culture, mm -hmm. fit, that was really important for me. And so we talked a lot about fit and just kind of the ethos of the place. And so as I look back and recount those conversations and think about my experiences and everyone I've dealt with in the field, financial professionals, RBG advisors, traditional advisors, home office folks, culture resonates. People like being here. People are kind. They want to help others. Um, and that's something that really makes it fun to come to work every day. This is going to be hard for you to pick because you are involved with so many events and so many campaigns. But do any go to the top of the list as memorable and meaningful for you? It really no, stick with you. That is. That's like asking me, like, which kid is my favorite? Yeah. I'm going to try. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. Because of its history, 21 years now, the Equitable Excellence Scholarship is one yep. that, obviously, it's a program I inherited, but one that I take a lot of pride in what uh, the team and I have been able to uh, infuse as far as new ideas, new components. And so that program, seeing our organization able to provide funding for high school seniors to matriculate to college and lessen some of that burden, both short-term and obviously long-term. We talk a lot about student loan debt. That program for me is one that I'm so proud that I get an opportunity to work on every day. I've been to several impact days with you, and I know I've shared with you before, that is always my highlight. Seeing those scholarship recipients stand up, explain how meaningful that award is and how they are going to make the most of it. It makes you proud. The numbers don't do it justice. When you hear it directly from that person, it is moving. 
No doubt. And, uh, you know, in the 21 years of existence, I think, you know, since, well, since 2003, um, we've had almost $30 million and helped over 7,000 students. Incredible. And just last year, we began a scholarship uh, format where we have 100 renewable scholarships, which obviously are always appreciated. But now we have 100 renewable scholarships. So, you know, you have one-time grants and then yeah. renewable up to four years. So we are really making a concerted effort to be in these students' life throughout their college years and provide them with uh, skill building, upskilling, professional development. And I'm so proud to say, Jim, this year for the first time ever, we partnered with the Innovation and Design Office. Yeah. Rohan is on the Equitable Foundation Board. And he came to me with an idea and said, what do you think about a fellowship program where IDO takes on two equitable excellence recipients, so recipients of our scholarship, and provides them with what is essentially a 10, 12-week internship in our department. And to me, that's impact. Yes, it's two students. We will grow it. But we really um, are focused now more than ever at the foundation and outcomes and impact, not just outputs. You know, just listening to you, I can feel the excitement. Of course, this is a Zoom call, but like you are amped up about what you're doing. You are the right person to be in this leadership role. I appreciate it. Again, I feel really lucky to be in this role. Um, obviously, we when we talk about our big systems at Equitable, we talk about our environmental, social governance aspirations. You know, I'm one of these like four big pillars of how we have an impact, right? It's our people, it's our impact investing, it's how we, you know, from a corporate governance standpoint, but also for what I do every day, we are powered by a $96 million endowment that Mark Pearson and leaders of our company said, as we have had transactions and different sales and different things that have taken place, they put money aside and said, we want this money to make sure that we are tangibly being a force for good in the communities where we live and work. And I feel I serve at the pleasure of so many to do right with these funds, have an impact and pass it to somebody after me and they can continue to have great impact. It does make you feel good. Mark has been very deliberate about saying the days that a company can only think about profit are over. You must deliver on purpose and seeing how that's played through and you're right in the heart of it. As you glance ahead, let's say over the next few years, What's your vision in terms of our direction with the foundation? Yes, I want us to continue to have this impact. But right now, Jim, as we've built this, you know, I won't say a new muscle, but the way that the foundation operates has changed a lot in the two years that I've been leading it, two and a half years. And I was asked to come here and really shape a strategy and ensure, again, we're thinking about the impact and the outcomes, not just numbers, output, check presentations. I feel an untapped resource for us in this kind of new model, I should say, is the field. Are these mm -hmm. financial professionals that are out in their communities every day? Yes, I work closely with a group in the Carolinas broadly. We are working with a group from the uh, Empire Complex in the New York region, obviously, because we have uh, employee presence at 1290 and, yeah. and, and really committed there in Syracuse. There are so many other branches and locations that perhaps aren't aware fully of this new strategy in ways that they can be impactful in their communities, driving to this, you know, bigger strategy of equitable. 
And when we get there and I get the chance to be out, sh share that story, that's my vision is how do we really uh, create that spark for so many financial professionals out in the field to feel like they're a part of the foundation and they can have an impact through their work as well. Well, a lot of our advisors are, of course, going to hear this and they are deeply embedded in their communities. If you caught somebody's attention and we've got an advisor that is deep in their community, heavily involved, and they'd love to learn more, what should they do? Contact me. It's that uh, simple. You know, as you have referenced earlier, a lot of the strategy behind me trying to be in two places at once is just meeting folks and understanding what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that your branch, your employees uh, tell me what's going on in your community. And so any chance I have to do that, I mean, that's a, a really uh, a great experience for me. I want the advisors to reach out to me, learn more about what we're doing and how that can be integrated in their communities. Because unfortunately, Jim, we are very blessed and fortunate, our children, the folks we work with, but there are so many struggling that have been left behind. They've been marginalized. They don't have the resources that we have. And so um, need is everywhere. It's not just one specific zip code or geography. And so uh, I look forward to working with so many out in the field to say, how can we make an impact in your community using our big systems? All right, folks, you heard it. Reach out to Jerry and Caracas. Jerry, this has been an energizing discussion. It's awesome to have a leader like you in the role that you're in.